Hey, believe it or not, we are two weeks away from Easter, and I think that this Easter, not only at CCV, but maybe across the world, we might have more people tuning in to see and hear the message of Jesus than ever before. So I wanna challenge you to keep inviting people. Invite them to join you online. Um, I think we have an amazing service plan that you're really gonna love. And uh, I also wanna tell you this, that we're also going to have a separate online sunrise service starting at 6.30 a.m. on Easter. And what we're gonna encourage you to do with your family is get your family, maybe get in the backyard or the front yard with an iPad or a phone and tune in and just picture this. All across our city, people in their yards, as the sun rises, we're remembering that we had a God who sent his son to die for us. He rose again and he has our lives in his hands. It's going to be powerful this Easter. Can't wait. So you keep inviting people to join you. Also, I want to encourage you to follow our CCV social channels if you haven't right now, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. We're going to keep you really up to date on everything going on. I'll put some messages kind of midweek on there for you to just encourage you as well. And we're going to announce this week something really exciting we have planned to serve our city this week. Also want to encourage you to download our CCV mobile app. If you don't have the mobile app, I'd literally take out your phone right now, just download it. Uh, It has all sorts of updates on there as well. We personalize it for you and it has the message notes. So during a message, you can take notes. It saves it for you. And I think it's a great tool uh, for you to use. Speaking of message notes, I want to dive right into the message that uh, we have planned today. You know, we've been in this series called Warrior And we've been looking at a specific book in the Bible, uh, Joshua. And we planned this series almost a year ago. And what's amazing about this series is that God had it planned to start right when this COVID-19 crisis hit. In his providence, that's when he had it planned to start. And I think that's amazing because in the book of Joshua, what's happening is the people, God's people, are entering a brand new season of their life somewhere they've never, ever been before. And they're afraid, they have fear, they don't feel prepared. And what God is doing in the book of Joshua is he's developing in people the character traits he wants in them to become a warrior, to face whatever this world throws at them. And that's the same thing that we're learning together. We're learning these traits that are gonna make us warriors during this season. We've looked at two already. And today, the character trait I wanna look at and focus in on today is this. I wanna look at this word, perseverance. I mean, think about this, perseverance. Has there ever been a time in recent history where we've needed perseverance like we need today? I could argue maybe, maybe not. I mean, is there anybody else out there that is tired of being cooped up in your house? Is there anybody tired of wondering when this thing's all gonna end or we're gonna be on the other side of it? I mean, there's a student here today and you just want life to get back to normal, but you have to persevere during this time. I mean, if you're a parent here today, I mean, you're wondering how much longer can I have these little bloodsuckers? I mean, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that for you kids uh, watching. I mean, <laughs> your, your sweet little kids that make everything so productive around the house, how long can you have this, this you keep persevering every single day with them? Uh, if you're married, I mean, cabin fever is a real thing. And, you know, I guess cabin fever, there's pros and cons of it. There's good and bad. I mean, the, the, you know, the bad is when you're around someone that much, it can cause some tension in a relationship, in your marriage. The good, well, um, maybe I just put it this way. I'm predicting that nine months from now, we might have a baby boom. 
in America and across the world. And, you know, someone suggested that maybe we call this new generation of all these new babies, maybe we call them the coronials. I don't know if that's a good joke or a bad joke, but we've got to persevere. If you're single here today, you're watching. Let's just be honest. The loneliness that you can feel in this time can feel suffocating. And you've got to persevere. But let's, let's, let's be honest about what maybe the the biggest thing most of us are facing right now, it's the economic uncertainty. What's gonna happen with the business? What's gonna happen with my job? Anytime you face uncertainty in life, and we're facing it right now, you have to develop a warrior's heart that has perseverance. When uncertainty hits, you need perseverance. Listen to how the book of Hebrews puts it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 says this, you need to, say it out loud with me, persevere. Come on, you can do better than that. Wherever you're at, say it out loud with me. You need to what? Persevere. So that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. In other words, on the other side of your perseverance God has a promise for you, but it requires perseverance. And I think Joshua chapter six, if you want to turn there right now, Joshua chapter six is a playbook on perseverance for our lives. Here's what's going on in history. Again, remember week one, we saw that God has commanded Joshua to be courageous, courageous. And that's what we looked at. And then last week, God prepares Joshua for entering this brand new land, brand new season, right? And, but today, Joshua is gonna learn perseverance because right when God takes him into this brand new season, they just crossed the Jordan, Joshua hits a wall. Specifically, he hits the wall of a city called Jericho. This is Jericho is the very first city that, that, that God has told Joshua, hey, you're gonna take this city and it is full of walls. Let's just listen to how Joshua chapter six, verse one puts it. It says this, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. Now, I wanna paint a better picture for you because I've studied Jericho quite a bit and I wanna paint a picture for just like what Joshua's actually facing because when it says the walls were securely barred, let me, let me paint a picture for what that actually means. This is a, a picture of the ancient city of Jericho. This is what Joshua is gonna come up against, all right? Let me just show you what it looks like. When it says the city's securely barred, Look at this. The whole city is surrounded by a ditch, number one. After the ditch is a slanted wall that leads up to another wall that's straight. And what experts tell us is from the ground level to this first wall would have been about 25 feet. Imagine that, 25 feet up. But that's not the only wall. That's just the outer wall. Then there's an inner wall. There's, most would say there's another slanted wall that leads up to another inner wall that's another 15 feet high. So here's a summary. From ground level looking up, there's 40 feet of walls. Imagine four basketball hoops in the, in the, in the air. That's how high it would have been. You're staring at walls that big. That's what Joshua's staring at. Now, with that picture in mind, Listen to God's response to the massive walls in front of Joshua. Verse two, then the Lord said to Joshua, see, see Joshua, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. What? I mean, my problem with verse two is verse one. If you're Joshua, you're thinking, God, have you seen the walls in front of me? What are you talking about? You've delivered them. They're huge. Let me ask you a question. 
Have you ever had a time in your life where what you see doesn't match up with what God says? And you'd say, well, some of us, that's how we feel right now. But listen to what God does in this verse. God doesn't speak to Joshua in the present tense. Joshua, I'm gonna deliver you from these walls in front of you. God speaks to Joshua in the past tense. Joshua, I've already delivered you. Think about that. Only God is big enough to speak in past tense about a battle that hasn't even happened yet. But if you're Joshua, you're sitting there going, God, I hear what you're saying, but all I see in front of me, all I see in front of me is walls around me. So here's the first lesson I think we learn on perseverance from Joshua chapter six. Where we see walls, God already sees a way through them. See, whatever you're facing today, whatever you're facing today, I don't care if it's economic, I don't care if it's anxiety, I don't care if it's just, just the utter uncertainty that paralyzes you or kind of depresses you. Whatever you're facing, whatever wall's in front of you, God already sees a way through it. And here's what you might say. Then why on earth would God not just show me what the answer is right now? Bust through the walls right now. I mean, just do it right now, God. Why, why would I even have to wait if God already knows? And this is where I, I wanna just pause and maybe let God speak something into your heart today. What if, what if God is more interested in developing your character than your comfort? See, I think we get so, so enamored. We're so linked on to always wanting comfort. And what God wants is he wants to develop our character. We don't like that, do we? But it can be true. And isn't it true, this, isn't this true? That in our greatest times of need, that's when we turn to God the most. I mean, isn't that true? I mean, some of you watching today, here's what, here's what you would say. You're watching right now because you've hit a wall. I mean, you are in a great time of need and what you've realized is that you need to turn to something bigger than just you. I mean, for much of your life, maybe you've relied on your own self-reliance and it's been all about you and you, you think your strength is gonna carry you through and now you hit a wall and you're going like, I gotta turn to something bigger than me. And what God wants to tell you is he is that someone bigger that is gonna be able to come and break through the walls in your life. So I think it's really wise that you're here right now. Because leaning into your faith is what can crowd out your fear. When you feed your faith, it crowds out your fear and allows you to move forward. You know, this uh, past Monday, I had something really remarkable happen. I, I called a man in our church, his name's John, and he was one of the first people in Arizona to be diagnosed with COVID-19. And he was almost on the back end of being able to get through it. But as he talked to me, um, I called him on the phone. He missed my phone call. He called me back kind of frantically and he's like, I'm so sorry I missed your phone call. He said, this is what he told me. He said, I'm so sorry I missed your phone call. I was actually meeting with my neighborhood group on a Zoom conference call. And I thought, that's unbelievable. That's amazing. It's exactly what all of us should be doing. Here's a guy that has COVID-19. He's still engaging in community and that's what you need as well. But then he paused and he said these words to me. He said, Ashley, I don't know how I would have been able to get through having COVID-19 if I didn't have my faith. He said, I, I just started coming to CCV about two years ago. I'm pretty new to my faith, but I'm just telling you, my faith is what saved me through this. And I just thought to myself, someone needs to hear that. 
Someone needs to hear that you have to turn to your faith during this time. You keep attending church, even if it's online right now. You keep gathering in community, even if it's through a Zoom conference call. And for those of you that need Jesus, for those of you who've been far from from God, I think this is your time to get right with God. God's calling you to him. And if you've never followed Jesus and made a decision to be baptized, I think today may be your day. And you can reach out to anyone here at the church and we're gonna help you with that. But this is the time to turn into our faith. And that's what God is telling Joshua. God's telling Joshua, hey, when, when life throws walls at you, you better have a God that can get you through them. But then when God tells Joshua that, the very next thing, listen to how God tells Joshua he's gonna have to persevere. Watch what God says in the very next verse. Verse three says this. Hey, Joshua, here's what you have to do. I want you to march around the city of Jericho once with all the armed men. I want you to do that for six days. Then on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priest blowing the trumpets, right? And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, then the walls will collapse. But Joshua, what's your first thing you're gonna do? You're just gonna walk around the city. You got a bunch of warriors? I want you to just walk around the city. Now, you have to kind of put yourself in the story to kind of feel what they would be feeling. I mean, think about this for just a moment. Just put yourself in the story. That's where I actually, that's one of my favorite ways to, to read scripture. And you're thinking like this, well, yeah, they, they just have to walk around for six days. That's not a big deal. No, remember, they've been in the wilderness. They've been wandering in the wilderness already for over 40 years. And this is the bombshell to me when you read the story of, of chapter six of Joshua and the army and hitting Jericho. Remember how God told Joshua six days on the seventh day, the walls are gonna fall. Guess what? God never told the people that and Joshua never once in chapter six told the people that. I don't know if it's, I don't know why, but he never tells them. So as far as the people are concerned that are gonna go out to war, they have no idea. They're going out to be a warrior and they're gonna find out all they're gonna do is take a walk for several, several days. So if you put yourself in the story for a moment, just imagine, you're you're, you're going out, you wanna be a warrior. You know, you kind of like armor up, you get your armor on, maybe you pray, maybe you put on your earphones, you're getting your like, you know, playlist going, that you're gonna go out and you're you're gonna make a difference. You know, maybe, I don't know what your playlist is, maybe you put on like CCV music, breakthrough. God, you're gonna break through these walls. And you go out and the very first day, listen to what happened. Joshua chapter six, starting in verse 11. Here's what it says. So he had the Ark of the Covenant, that's Joshua, carried around the city, circling it once. He has all the people circle the city once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. So just imagine, you go out all amped up to make a difference day one, and all you do is take a walk and go home. And then what happens the next day, day two? Joshua got up early the next morning on day two, and the priest took up the Ark of the Lord. He has kind of like a, a, a marching band going on. They take a walk, watch this, and then they go back. And so on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. So just think about this. You want to be a warrior, and all you do, all you do for six days is you, all you do is take a walk. I mean, could you imagine how frustrating that would be? I mean, I'm picturing, just, just put yourself in the story again. Just, just picture right now that like you're one of the warriors and like you come home day one, you walk in and your wife's there and she's like, honey, how'd it go today? How's my little stud muffin warrior? You know, you out there with your big muscles busting through walls, how'd it go today? And you're like, well, honey, I'm... Joshua, he kind of just had us take a walk. I mean, I, th- I think he's just getting us loosened up. You know, he's kind of getting us stretched. Like we're stretching out, I think, you know, 
People have been known to pull a hammy in war. So Joshua wants to get us really warmed up right now. Okay. So you come back day two, you walk in, your wife is like, how'd it go today? Did you guys bust through some walls? What'd you do? Well, honey, we kind of, this is kind of like spring training right now. We're just, Joshua's getting us prepared, I think. I mean, by day six, what are you thinking? You're coming home, you're like, honey, someone's got to talk to Joshua. I mean, someone's got to talk to Joshua because we signed up to be warriors and all we're doing is taking a walk. Like I didn't join a, I didn't sign up to be in a marching band. You know, no offense to those of you that are in marching bands. I'm sure it was awesome. But these people are out wanting to be warriors. And that's how some of you feel right now, isn't it? You want to be out being productive, making a difference, seeing the business continue, getting your job, getting life back to normal. You want to bust through some walls and not only are you taking a walk, some of you feel afraid to even go outside and take a walk. I mean, our family's been walking out and taking walks and it's been kind of weird. I mean, you're walking like, you know, down the street and you see someone else and you're kind of like, okay, let's give our space. I mean, that's, that's how we're living right now. And it's so frustrating for some of us. So here's the second lesson I think we learned. That just because you don't see movement doesn't mean God's not moving. You know, I was thinking this week, why didn't, as they were marching around the, around the city, why didn't every single day they marched around the city, why didn't God show them just a little bit of progress? You know, you see the huge, huge walls, you know, 40 feet tall. Why not on day one, why not one seventh of the wall kind of crumbles down? Day two, another little bit crumbles down. That way all the people would be motivated, right? I mean, they're walking around the wall. They're seeing that their movement is creating progress. I mean, if I was writing the story, that's what I would have done. But God is so different than that. Just understand, just because you don't see movement doesn't mean God's not moving. And that is so hard for me as a leader. I feel like I'm addicted to progress. I want progress all the time. I mean, it's kind of like the game Tetris. You remember that? You know, Tetris, it's like your activity equals movement. You're breaking down the walls. But that's not how God works. And I've had so many times in my life where I haven't seen God moving. And after the fact, he absolutely was. I'll just give you one example. Uh, this was, you know, almost 20 years ago when God called me into ministry. I was so ready to go. And it took three and a half years before it actually became a reality. And if you ask my wife, I was so frustrated, so frustrated because I wanted to move. And what I didn't realize until now is that God was moving when I didn't see it. And what I realized is in those three and a half years, God did something in me that's prepared me to do what I'm doing now. But my preparation required my perseverance. And so much is on the line, CCB, so much is on the line with you learning to persevere. So the question is this. The question is this. Will you trust God's promises even when you don't see progress? You know, I was thinking this week, why... My theory on why God didn't show a little bit of progress every single day. The reason he didn't show a little bit of progress every single day is because God wanted the people to trust his word, not their work. He wanted them to trust his promises, not their efforts. And so will you keep trusting God in the midst of what we're going through? Every single day, will you keep praying at 2.17 p.m.? That's what we've been doing as a church. Will you pray even when you don't see movement? Will you keep giving generously even when there's economic uncertainty. Listen, you have to understand, 
God's in control, God's your provider. The worst thing you could do during this time is to stop bringing the first back to God and take things in your hands, in your control versus giving control to God and trusting that he's gonna keep taking care of you. Listen, God's promises are linked to our perseverance. And that's easy to say in good times. It's harder in bad times. But the test of a true warrior is how you persevere when the walls are not falling. Will you persevere? Here's, I think, lesson number three. Your progress tomorrow depends on your perseverance today. Your progress tomorrow depends on you persevering today. James 1.4 puts it this way. Let perseverance do what? Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Perseverance, there's a promise, but perseverance is going to determine your progress in the future. What if, what if Joshua had stopped on day six? What if, what if he'd stopped on day six? What if you stop on day six? Day seven is right around the corner, but you stopped on day six and you missed out on what God wanted to do in your life. I believe with everything inside of me that God wants to do something in your life as you persevere through this season, but it requires your perseverance. I believe that God wants to take a man or woman right now and turn your heart back to your family because it's been turned and dedicated towards your work too much this whole time. And God's gonna do something miraculous in your life in this time if you just persevere. I think God wants to take a woman right now and show you that your beauty is not determined by what you look like on the outside, how you project yourself to this world. But God's gonna show you in this time that your beauty is determined by your, what he's doing inside of you, what he's developing in you. You go read Proverbs 31. That's what a beautiful woman looks like. And God's gonna show you what that is during this time. I think God's gonna take a student He's gonna show you that your identity is not based on the number of likes you get or the number of followers you have. Your identity is found in who Jesus says you are. And it's gonna take this time of you persevering for God to let that sink into your heart. God's gonna take a business owner or a leader in this world and he's gonna show you that your net worth doesn't determine your worth. He's gonna show you that the greatest thing you could do during this time is even if you don't see your revenue rise, you can rise the spiritual temperature of your company and all the people around you when you get out and share the hope you have during this time because of what Jesus has done in your life. And God's gonna take someone right now who doesn't know Jesus and you're watching right now and he's gonna turn your heart towards a God who's been trying to get your attention for so long And this is gonna be the time period where you turn your heart over to God and God's gonna do a miracle in your life. But for God to use this time for his progress, it requires your perseverance. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. I just don't know how much longer I can go on. I don't know if I have another day in me. I mean, what's going on with my family? We might lose our family. This marriage, our business might be done. I don't know if I can do another day. And I'm gonna challenge you to knock off that negative talk. Listen, 
God has not given you a spirit of fear. You're gonna feel fear. It's okay to feel fear every once in a while, but you can't let that fear sink into your heart and carry it with you every day. And what I'm gonna challenge you with today is this. God has put more in you than you could ever imagine. He's put more in you to persevere during this time than you could ever, ever imagine. I was thinking about that this past week and I was thinking about just how I grew up. You know, I, I grew up playing in a pool all the time, you know, growing up in Arizona. And I don't know if anybody else did this, but when we grew up playing in the pool, we would always have a contest about how long we could, we could hold our breath underneath the water. And uh, our friends would always do this. And it was kind of like the same, you know, thing we did all the time. We, some, I go underneath the water, you hear someone counting one, two, three, you try to do it as long as you could. And for me, my wall that I hit all the time when I tried to hold my breath under the water, even into my early 20s when I became a lifeguard at a local pool, and we would do this then, my wall was I could only hit about one minute underneath the water. I mean, it was, it was kind of the same uh, scenario. I'd go underneath the water, I'd take a deep breath, I'd kind of like, you know, try to, try to keep still, but I'd be moving a little bit, trying to keep myself underneath the water, and about 15 seconds in, i think, well, this is good, I'm, I'm good. About 30 seconds in, you know, your chest starts to tighten a little bit. 45 seconds in, 50 seconds in, here's what would happen. Like everything would suck in and you're like, I'm gonna die. You know, I'm, I'm trying to hold on. You know, when you're here in 50, 51, 52, you know, I start rededicating my life to Jesus just in case. I'm squirming around like a little squirrel girl underneath the water and 60 seconds would hit and I would shoot out of the water like a rocket, like taking a breath going, thank you, Lord, I, I lived another day. I mean, that was, that was what happened to me all the time. I remember as I was a lifeguard, I will never forget the manager of our pool at the time grabbed me and he said this, Ashley, I bet I could teach you how to double the amount of time that you, you can spend underneath the water. And I thought, well, only if you drown me. I mean, I've been doing this my whole entire life. I'm stuck. My wall is one minute. And he looked at me, and I remember him telling me, Ashley, your body is able to do so much more than your mind could ever imagine. You want me to teach you? And I was like, what do I have to lose? You know, I was kind of like challenge or, you know, like, let's do, I'll try, I'll try anything. So we got on the water and he began to coach me. He said, here's what you do. I want you to slow down your breathing. Slow it down. He said, before you go underneath the water, slow breathing, deep breaths. The very last breath you take, I want you to blow everything out of your lungs. You've expanded your lungs, blow everything out. Take a deep breath and go under. But instead of going under and squirming around a little bit like I see you do, and I want you to be completely still. Be still. Know that I'm God. I mean, that's what reminds me of. But I'm sitting there being still. He said, then, when you feel your, your lungs contrast, when you feel it all sucking in, your mind is telling you you need to take a breath and you're gonna trick your lungs. What you're gonna do is you're gonna let a little breath of air out and you're gonna trick your mind into thinking you don't need to take a breath right then. It's gonna allow you to last and persevere longer. And then you can do that again. And then when you just don't think you can do anymore, when it starts to get really, really tough, I want you to focus your mind in on one thing, just one thing, focus there. So I tried it. I did everything he did. Took this deep breath. Went underneath the water. I'm underneath the water like I've always been, but I'm doing these things. I'm, I'm letting a little bit of breath out, a little bit of breath out, a little bit of breath out, focusing in, staying still. And then he said this before I went under. He said, I'm not gonna count, so you're not gonna have any idea how long it's been. And so I did. I stayed under as long as I could, and I shot out like a rocket, like I didn't have anything left in me, and he just looked at me, and he was smiling. He said, you realize what you just did? You just went over two minutes. I thought, there's no way. I've never been able to go over one minute. 
And what I learned that day is that God has put so much more in me. By that simple exercise, God's put so much more in me than I can ever imagine. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do what? Able to do more. Now to him who's able to do more than we could ever ask or imagine, according to his power, that's within us. I wanna tell someone here today, God has put more in you than you could ever imagine to persevere during this time. Do you realize that the same exact spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that is in you right now that can help you during this time? But what does it require? It requires that you turn to your faith. You feed your faith, not your fear during this time. You stay connected in church. You stay connected in community. And for those of you who need to turn your life over to Jesus, if you wanna persevere through this time well, it's gonna take God with you during this time. CCV, let's learn to persevere. Let's learn to be warriors. And listen, when you get to the end of your rope, what do you do? You tie a knot and you hold on with everything you've got because God has made you a warrior. At the end of COVID-19, we're all gonna have a story to tell. And I want you to have a story that you weren't a warrior, you were a warrior. I wanna pray that for you right now. God, we come before you. We declare that when we see walls, you see a way through. God, we know from the story of Joshua that just because we don't see movement doesn't mean you're not moving. And Father, we know that our progress tomorrow determined, is, is dependent on our perseverance today. So would you give someone today just the peace and the knowledge that you put more in them than they could ever imagine. They can persevere through this time and they can get on the other side of it. We are going to get on the other side of it, Father, better. We're gonna get on the other side of it stronger. Would you keep moving in our lives? We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Hey, as we wrap up today, if you're with someone else, I hope you'll have a conversation about just what God's teaching you today. And I hope if you're able, you can take communion as well as we remember who put the power and strength in us? That's Jesus. Have a great week, CCV. I believe in you. I love you. Keep tuning in to social. We'll keep staying connected with you. Have a great week.